Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we are talking about proof theory, and uh, we were recently talking about normalization for natural deduction and co-elimination for sequent calculus, and I wanted to talk, I'm, I'm sort of heading towards, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a few other topics in proof theory, and um, one of the ones I wanted to talk about uh, requires a little bit of introduction, talking about something that are known as... Uh, structural rules in proof theory. And um, <clears throat> that's, we'll see a little bit why I'm going to call this episode the curse of the bound variable. <laughs> um, so, you know, <clears throat> we started off talking about proof systems. We talked about natural reduction. And the first version of natural reduction we talked about is one where you just, uh, you get to use some assumptions you can, your proof can have some assumptions in it, but uh, you are going to close off those some of those assumptions when you do an implication introduction. Or if you read it the other way around, it's like, if I'm trying to prove A implies B, I get to assume A and then try to prove B. Now, what does assuming A mean? Well, in this sort of original version of natural deduction, assuming A means that I'm when I give my proof of B, in there somewhere, if I want, I can use some specific assumption like of the formula A. And it's it's wise, and I was reading about this in the basic proof theory book of Trollstrange Fichtenberg. It's wise to kind of give a name to that particular use of the that particular assumption of A. It's conceivable that you could have more than one assumption of A kind of at play at once. And so let's just say Every time you want to make an assumption, we're going to give it a name. Like, you know, you just call it whatever you want. And then uh, you can use that assumption in the, um, in the proof of B that you're doing. Okay? And when you use that assumption in the proof of B, when, you're, you know, when you kind of close that proof off to get a proof of A implies B, the fact that I was assuming A for a bit in there doesn't count as an assumption of the proof of A implies B. So the implication introduction closes that assumption. It's no longer considered an open assumption of my proof, which would sort of count against the proof. You're like, oh, I proved this thing, but it, 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 the proof is really sort of contingent on a bunch of stuff. Well, you know, that's kind of the whole beauty of doing an implication introduction as you sit, you know, watching the sunset. Um, it's that, that uh, it closes off this assumption. It's not a global assumption of your proof anymore. It's just this local assumption that was introduced. Okay, so now, you know, as I'm reflecting on this and looking at this material, which I've studied a number of times, looking at it again for purposes of talking about with you, uh, one thing that strikes me is from this pretty innocent um, idea that like, okay, you just have these, these assumptions and, um, and, you know, so I could have some subproof that uses some set of assumptions. And when I do these implication reductions, I can be closing off some of the assumptions. You know, there's this path that, we've, that proof theorists have taken. From that, we say, all right, um, actually, it's a rather awkward to sort of talk about derivations that have particular labeled assumptions and that get canceled at some point. This is sort of kind of irritating and technically a bit you know, ends up being a bit loosey-goosey or else being a little, maybe a little too technical, I don't know, um, to get it exactly pinned down. So instead, the path that proof theory has taken is to say, well, 
we're going to derive sequence. But don't, don't get confused now. We're not actually doing sequence calculus. We're doing natural deduction. But because it's kind of hard to talk about these you know, trees that have labeled assumptions that get canceled at various places, instead, we're going to say that um, we're proving sequence where you list the current free assumptions. You just list them out. So you've got some list gamma, like whatever, instead of proving a formula, now you prove a sequence. And this, gosh, it sounds, sounds sort of like sequence calculus. You've got uh, um, a set of assumptions in your sequence, and then some symbol like a turnstile or a fat arrow or something, and then a formula. And, but unlike the sequence calculus, you're not, you don't have proof rules that really do much of anything with the assumption part of a sequence, except let you use the assumption eventually. You know, in sequence calculus, you have these rules that sort of decompose the assumptions. But in, in natural deduction, you don't get to do that. Uh, so, um, you have, uh, uh, you have um, these uh, contexts that are appearing now in our sequence. There you have these little lists of assumptions. And now we can, now this makes it easier to kind of describe formally what happens um, with the bound variables, we just say, oh, well, you know, you're listing, you know, your sequence lists the current assumptions. When you do an implication introduction, all you're doing is adding something to the list of that assumptions. And when you're, it's time to actually use an assumption, you just have a rule that says, oh, if you were assuming A, then you can prove A. This is straightforward. It seems very straightforward. Um, but, you know, the bad thing is that when you do this, you now open up this whole funny world of structural rules. You need, um, actually, I guess it's fair to say, no, yeah, I think it's fair to say you do open up a funny world of structural rules because certainly you open up the possibility for needing to think about weakening. Okay, weakening um, says, if I proved a formula from a, some set of assumptions, then I could just as well have proved it from that same set of assumptions plus an extra one. Okay? And so in natural deduction, in sort of sequence style, you would say, well, the, a weakening rule would say, if I proved some set of assumptions, gamma entails a formula A, then I can just as well prove, that my, that's the premise of my rule, of this weakening rule, gamma entails A. I can, the conclusion is gamma comma B entails A. And, and you know, so it says I can add a, an assumption. You say, wait, you can add an assumption. How do you just get to do that? No, no, it's kind of like in reverse. Like I already proved my formula using a smaller set of assumptions. So if somebody wants to know, oh, but could you prove your formula from a, this, like say I, I managed to prove my formula from gamma. And they say, oh, you know, I have this question. I wonder if anybody could prove this formula from gamma comma B. Like, yeah, I totally can because I can prove it from gamma. And so the fact that you give me an extra assumption is no problem to me at all. Um, so we have this, we have weakening. Um, another uh, um, rule we have is contraction. Uh, can I um, duplicate an assumption? Um, actually, do we usually use that one in... I mean, definitely in sequence calculus, we think about this stuff. Now I'm forgetting. Do we put that in natural deduction? Um, certainly, we could prove admissibility of a contraction rule 
if you have a set of if you prove some formula from a set of assumptions with two assumptions of A, you could just as well prove it with one assumption of A. That's contraction because from the premise of the rule, you write the con the context there is like gamma A A, and the conclusion just has gamma A. So you took two A's that you were assuming, you squished them down to just one. Um, so, uh, and another one structural rule you can have is exchange. So if I say I was assuming, like, I mean, you know, it depends how you set these things up, but let's say I just say I have a list of these assumptions, okay? So if my list of assumptions has A comma B and I prove some other fact, could I still prove that fact if my list of assumptions said B comma A? Well, of course. It doesn't matter in classical intuitionistic logic, classical logic, intuitionistic logic, it doesn't matter what order the assumptions are in. You can use them no matter what order they, where they appear in the, the list of assumptions. Okay, so we get contraction, weakening, and exchange, and they're called structural rules. And uh, <laughs> then we go down, uh, what I'm finding interesting, I partly just want to make you aware of this idea of these structural rules, but also wanted to uh, kind of reflect on a little bit um, that that the structural rules are sort of, from there we kind of go bananas because we have different versions, especially when we get to sequent calculus, we have different formulations of the sequent rules that try to um, spare you from having to have these, these uh, structural rules explicitly. Um, for natural deduction, I guess we're usually, I have to remind myself, I guess we're usually just saying they're admissible, meaning you can just derive these things. If you set up your natural deduction system correctly, then they're just, they're just admissible. It means, you know, you really can get these kind of weakenings. Like if you have a derivation, um, you can get a derivation, another derivation of the weakened sequence and so forth. But for sequence calculus, things are a little more subtle and it actually took some time and people made some discoveries to figure out how to get systems that ha satisfy those structural properties but don't explicitly have structural rules. Okay, because the structural rules are a little bit annoying because they're kind of non-deterministic. You can just sort of use them whenever. Um, which is true for cut, too, in sequent calculus. But we can, because we have cut elimination, we could just try searching for a cut-free proof if we're doing proof search. We're actually trying to have an algorithm that can find you a proof. But the structural rules are kind of nasty because they're just like, weakening is just like, any, at any point I could just say, oh, maybe I should just throw away one of my assumptions. <laughs> you know, or a contraction. Like, at some point, maybe I should just duplicate one of my assumptions. Would that help me? I don't know. You know, so it took some while, a while and some inventiveness to figure out how to get rid of those. But the whole thing started when we started listing out our assumptions. Um, and I think there's something kind of profound there that maybe, and, and we go to linear logic. That's kind of where, that's actually where I was reading this stuff about and why it took me so bloody long to manage to post anything here because I was studying up on linear logic because I wanted to talk about that. It's an important part of um, proof theory. And linear logic is all about saying, let's not have these structural properties. 
Let's not have some of them. You don't have, your exchange is fine, but weakening and contraction you get rid of. So, but then it's kind of like, but where, you know, where, where are these structural properties coming from? It's coming from explicitly talking about our assumptions. And a lot of the problems, funky stuff in sequence calculus also comes from having this list of assumptions that we can have rules that then monkey around with. So anyway, the moral like, reflection I'm having here is like, maybe we shouldn't have those. What would that mean? Well, I'm not really quite sure. But anyway, uh, that's what I got for you for today. Thanks for listening. Um, thanks again, everybody, for supporting this podcast. Uh, people donated to pay my hosting fee. Thank you so much. I'm still so touched you guys did that. I really appreciate it. It makes me feel really good about things. Um, so we have our mini course coming up. I'm going to post really soon to a GitHub repo. Um, uh, the, the, paper, the notes will be studying for that. So um, that will be posted soon. That will be to a, a repo on my GitHub repo. So if you just look for Aaron Stump on GitHub, I hope we, that's findable. Anyway, the notes would appear there soon under an ITTC repo. Okay, thanks again for listening. Take care.